Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Whether in music, sports, fitness, or in business, there's often a tendency for us to assume that the best performers in any domain have the most valuable advice to offer. Of course, there's a common counter-narrative which suggests that sometimes the best athletes, the top performers at work, and the most shredded folks at the gym don't necessarily make the best teachers. So which is it? Is a person's performance a pretty good predictor of the quality of their advice? Or are performance and advice giving two very different things? A trio of researchers conducted a series of studies to explore this question further. The first order of business was to find out if we really do in fact have a tendency to value the best performer's advice over that of others. And instead of asking people this directly, because in the words of Gregory House, MD, everybody lies, the researchers put together a study where participants had to play a game and could choose whose advice they wanted to receive. Not everyone wanted advice from the best performers, But when given a choice of players, for instance, the player with the best score, or the player with the worst score, or players with scores slightly better or worse than them, or players with about the same score, or players anywhere from the 1st to the 99th percentile, most participants' choices suggested that they expected the best advice to come from either the single best-scoring person or someone who performed at the upper ranges of scores. So do top performers actually provide the best advice? To answer this question, a new group of 100 participants were recruited to play a word scramble game, which involved finding as many words as possible in a grid of letters, kind of like the sort of word search game that you do on the back of a cereal box, except that these folks were only allowed 60 seconds to search. After six rounds of this, they were asked to write down advice that they thought would help future participants do as well as possible in the game. Advice that included tips like, Look for an S or an ED to be able to attach onto words to make them plural or the past tense. Or look for short words, at least three letters, as longer words don't give you more points. These advice-giving participants, or advisors as they were called, were also asked to estimate how much they thought their advice would help a future participant's performance, on a scale of zero being like 0% or not at all, to 100, which would be 100% or a lot. 
the researchers then recruited a fresh set of 2,100 participants to play the word scramble game. Everyone played one round and were then randomly assigned to either a no advice group, where they received no advice, or an advice group, where they received advice from one of the past participants. After completing five more rounds of word scramble, the participants rated the quality of the advice they received from one to seven, one equaling extremely unhelpful, or seven was extremely helpful, and also estimated how much it improved their performance from 0% improvement, or none at all, to 100% improvement, or a lot. So did the advisor's advice actually help participants improve their scores? To find out, the researchers looked at how participants performed in round one and compared that to how they performed in rounds two through six. They then compared the average improvement of the advice group, which received advice after round one, to the average improvement of the group that received no advice at all. And not surprisingly, the group that received advice did improve more than the group that received no advice. But was there any difference in improvement amongst those in the advice group, depending on the source of the advice? Like, did the best player's advice lead to greater improvements than the advice of other players? Well, actually, no. Turns out there was no relationship between how well an advisor did on the game and how well their advisees did. In other words, participants who received advice from the best performers didn't improve any more than those who received advice from worst performers. If you're surprised, just wait until you hear the next bit. So, advisees were asked to rate how helpful they found the advice they received, and to what degree they believed that it improved their performance. And what's fascinating is that even though the best player's advice was no more helpful in improving performance than the worst player's advice, that is not how the advisees perceived it. In fact, they rated the best player's advice as being more helpful and performance-enhancing than the advice provided by worst performers, even if it actually wasn't. What's crazy about this is that the advisees were never told how well the person who gave them advice performed on the game. So what was it about the best player's advice that made the advisees overvalue the helpfulness of this advice? Was it something about the language or the way the advice sounded? Like maybe the best player sounded more confident or authoritative in their advice? Or was it related more to the implementation of the advice, like how easy it felt to put it into action? Maybe the best players gave clearer, more concrete, and specific tips? Well, the researchers put together a couple more studies to try to find out. And ultimately, they found that the main thing that made the best player's advice seem higher quality was neither of those things. The biggest factor was the number of suggestions. The greater the number of specific suggestions provided, the more highly the participants seemed to value the advice, even if there was no relationship between this advice and their actual improvement on the game. Which begs the question, why wasn't the best performer's advice more helpful? The researchers provide three potential reasons. Reason one is related to the lack of explicit knowledge. A lot of top performers may not have a lot of explicit knowledge about the skills they are performing. For instance, once you learn how to do vibrato, or if you learned how to do it at a young age and haven't actually thought about it for years, you may be hard-pressed to describe what exactly your fingers or hand or wrist or arm are doing. Reason number two had to do with communication. Even if you do know exactly what your body is doing, you might have difficulty verbalizing or articulating the steps involved in a way that's easy for the beginner to grasp or implement. And reason three had to do with overwhelm. 
Another possibility is that the advisees may not have been capable of using all of the best performer's advice all at once, and that those who successfully used just one or two pieces of advice from worse performers ended up doing better than those who unsuccessfully tried to use all of the advice provided by the best performers. So what are we to make of all of this? Well, it's a fascinating set of studies, but kind of tough to draw definitive conclusions from, especially as it relates to high-level skill. Because the big sticking point here, as the authors of the studies acknowledge, is that the advice givers in this study were not world-class experts in word scramble. And given that the best performers really only had six minutes of word scramble practice or experience under their belt, this suggests that they achieved top scores not through hard-won expertise and a deep understanding of the game through extensive practice, but through intuition or natural ability which might be hard for them to pass on or share in a way that can be applied to your own efforts to learn, grow, and improve. So I think the study isn't saying that it's not worth seeking advice from the best musicians, athletes, entrepreneurs, or chefs out there, but more that their performance ability is not a guarantee of the quality or usefulness of their advice. So whether it's the musical prodigy who effortlessly plays circles around everybody else, or the guy at the gym lifting crazy amounts of weight, Sure, their advice might be really useful, but it's also possible that you'd get even more valuable advice from the late bloomer, who may not be performing at quite the same level yet, but is quietly working diligently and thoughtfully to get there someday. You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com blog. You can also find a quick and dirty 30-second summary of the study on Instagram at bulletproofmusician. And if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. Mm-hmm.